Hello and welcome to Sisters Who Stan, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the stories and shows that made us and explores the questions they've left us asking. I'm Emma. And I'm Bridie. Buckle in as we prepare to celebrate the weird and wonderful world of fandom. Hello, we are back. Yes, welcome to series two. How has this break been for you, Bridie? What have you been yeah, up to? It's- I mean, I know we stay, we stay in touch, but for the benefit of the listeners, <laughs> it's so good to see you again, sister. <laughs> um, well, I've mainly been job hunting, so that's been fine. Um, a bit difficult, but generally fine. Yeah, job hunting in a pandemic, but mm. you know, we, we should have been accountants. I mean, <laughs> well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best thing I've ever had to do. It's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not been great, but it's been okay. So, you know, just cracking on with that at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we've had a very exciting couple of months or so, just generally in the world. Yeah, a lot's changed since we last recorded. Uh, it's 2021, Trump's out. There's a COVID vaccine. Spring's on the way. Things are looking up. <laughs> Most importantly, though, Rupert Grint has joined Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you think he wanted a slice of the Draco talk action? Maybe. Hey, guys, guys, Ron's hot too, though. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the picture of him holding his baby was, uh, you know, quite the debut, I thought. Mm-hmm. Daddy Weasley. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we were also gifted with season two of Mandalorian. Mm. Um, I, I actually now miss them. I really miss them. Do you? Kinda. <laughs> I, I honestly feel bereft now it's over. They'll be back. Well, I hope so. But uh, yeah, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, or if you're new here, welcome. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like you have to have listened to the first series um, to get this mm-hmm. one, but you know, it might help. It would certainly help us. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some top quality episodes. Mm. How, how do you think this series is going to compare? Well, I mean, this is going to be our edgy second album, you know? Our Chamber of Secrets. Ooh, who knows what we'll find inside? <laughs> so we thought we'd dip into a world that we didn't actually visit during season one, but that we both absolutely love. Um, mm-hmm. So we are travelling back to the 1980s and visiting Hawkins this week. And we're asking the question, should Nancy have stuck with Steve? I am so happy that we are taking a trip to Hawkins. Me too. I was thinking about when I first saw Stranger Things and it's one of those things to me, like that whole series, I feel like it was the best thing I've seen for the last, I don't know, five years, maybe longer. But that's just like for me, I don't know how you feel. Mm. Well, I definitely like, I love it. And the first season is totally one of my favourite all-time TV shows. But I think this year I've watched a lot of TV. So Mm. I think when I think about my number one show, it is probably Succession, which is obviously a very, very different world. (laughs) Very different demigorgon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I love Strange Things. And I mean, we had a great time watching it. Yeah. Did I, I showed it first to you when we were on holiday. Mm -hmm. Because I remember feeling just desperate to share it with you and Jim and being like, you guys have to see this. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all started watching it in Devon. Yeah. I personally know I'm really into a TV series when I start walking around listening to the soundtrack, just <laughs> pretending I'm in that. And it was a quite interesting soundtrack. Was it like... It's very 80s, but I just mm. kept replaying. I was really into the song. Um, is it called? It's like Joy... It's Joy Something Ghosts, but it's... Um, I could sing it to you. Um, but it's when they um, when they find Will's body and they're, they're, he's oh. Mike's on the bike... 
and Joyce yeah. is running and it's um oh, it's it's such a cool song but it's really what is it I don't what is it called I think it's called Ghosts um why don't oh, you sing it for us <laughs> it's like I can I I can remember staring staring at it all <laughs> oh yeah goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously butchering it, but and that scene, I know that we mm. need to focus on that scene, Steve, for this episode. But I mean, lot. there's so much we can talk about with Strange Things. So much, I love so many parts of it. Mm-hmm. I also one incredible event I managed to get in the diary before lockdown happened was a Secret Cinema doing Stranger Things, mm. and it's one of the one's one of the best experiences and best things I've I've ever gone to. Um, that looks so cool unreal if they did it again i would say let's go yeah um, was it in front of <clears throat> did it have like the star court mall and everything mm-hmm. yeah Amazing. yeah it was oh, yeah you started in the star court mall you followed the characters around on these adventures and then it, you ended up in this in the upside down basically so it was a big warehouse room so you started mm. off in star court mall and then you all got sort of got taken around and then you all end up like quite very close together. It's it was just magic. Can't recommend it enough. That does sound really fun. Yeah. Um, but so Steve and Nancy. Mm. Why why did we want to focus on I mean it's not just Steve and Nancy, it's Steve, Nancy, and Jonathan, really. But Yes, this triangle. What drew us to this triangle? Well, I guess it was one of the first romantic subplots in the series. I mean, obviously, since then, there's been loads of blossoming relationships, but I think it was the first. And also, fans have had some quite strong opinions about what played out. Mm. Yeah, they did. I was going to say, I think we're drawn to it because, yeah, Steve's just such a babe. (laughs) Everyone's got a love, love for Steve. Yeah, such a soft spot for Steve. I mean, he's my favourite character, so (laughs) there's that as well. Yeah. So you can tell it's not at all biased, the question. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> should Nancy have stuck with Steve because he was the cutest guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, should we give a quick summary of Nancy and Steve's relationship from series one to now? Yeah, sure. So when we're first introduced to Steve, he's like the popular high school jock who Nancy's dating. And he's managed to coin the nickname King Steve, which is quite mm-hmm. impressive. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And in the first series, we get a sense that he's kind of a bit of a dick. Yeah. Like, he can be a little bit rude uh, and immature, and he's just always trying to impress Nancy. Mm. He has got an incredible head of hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably where he stores all of his powers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so throughout the first series, this supernatural stuff starts to happen. Will Byers goes missing, and so does Nancy's best friend, Barb. R.I.P. Barb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nancy and Jonathan, who is the big brother of Will, are kind of just thrown together trying to solve what happened. Steve doesn't know about any of this, and he just sees Jonathan and Nancy together. He starts making assumptions, and he's just basically a total dick. Mm-hmm. Like he's rude to Nancy, and him and Jonathan have some fights, but eventually he does show up to apologize um, for his behavior, and he kind of finds out what's been happening, and he starts to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because we get that fantastic, one of my favorite scenes ever, where Jonathan, Steve, and Nancy all fight the demigorgon together. Oh my God, that is so good. And it's like a baptism of fire for Steve, who doesn't even know anything about any of it. <laughs> he literally just comes into this room, which smells like gasoline, and there's a baseball bat with nails hammered into it. And Nancy's got a gun and like hundreds of fairy lights and he's just like what is happening (laughs) yeah and she's like leave now which he does Mm. and then he's in the car and he sees the lights flickering and you think he's gonna leave but then he's like nope you know and he turns around and heads back in there and I think that was really what made everyone fall in love with Steve well 
me anyway. Oh yeah, same. That was some very sexy uh, bat wielding. <laughs> oh my God, totally. He was very cool. And so with series two, I'll give a quick summary, but what I will say, despite me having just said that Stranger Things is one of my favourite TV series of all time, which I do stand by, mm-hmm. I will say that series two was my least fave. Didn't fly with you. Uh, it didn't fly with me. And I, I wasn't really interested in Elle's adventures in Chicago. Yeah. All I really wanted was for her and the boys to be together again. And so to not get that unity right until the very end, I was a bit disappointed. Yep, I totally get what you mean. I didn't really care about Elle's solo adventure either. Yeah. So yeah, series two was a bit of a dud for me. Maybe there is also something about the kind of untimely and, you know, unfair treatment of Bob, Mm -hmm. Sean Astin, a.k.a. Samwise Gamgee, Mm. um, who had a great role, but again... And actually, this is why I would never personally go into the world of Stranger Things or like Hawkins, because if your name begins with B, you don't stand a chance, basically. Barb, Bob, Billy, Bridie. Yeah, you've got a good point. What have they got against the name beginning with B? (laughs) I know, right? So yeah, so we kick off series two and Steve and Nancy are still together, but they're struggling. Nancy is understandably not over what happened to Barb. Mm-hmm. And she's feeling resentful towards Steve. Um, she wants to tell Bob's parents the truth about what happened to her. You know, whereas Steve is very much trying to get them to move on with their lives. Uh, Nancy then gets very drunk at a Halloween party and basically says to Steve that she doesn't love him. It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I did, I did feel so sad for Steve in that bathroom scene. It felt a little bit mean. So he storms off and, you know, Jonathan makes sure she gets home safe. Yeah, because Steve kind of actually just abandons her at that party when she's wasted. Mm, Yeah, he does, which is a strike against Steve there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway, so Steve and Nancy are falling apart a bit and the sexual tension between Jonathan and Nancy is growing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they team up to investigate Hawkins' lab. This leads them to meeting this completely bizarre character called Murray, who (laughs) gets them to admit their feelings for one another. Um, And I wanted to talk about the scene where they get together for the first time because... It's so great. Yeah, and I had forgot how hot it was. I think, Mm. you know, obviously them being together in real life just makes the chemistry extra amazing. Totally. But yeah, we end series two and we start series three with Nancy and Jonathan officially together. Yeah, and they've graduated from school now and they're kind of in their first jobs. So mm-hmm. Jonathan and Nancy are working at their local newspaper and Steve's working at Scoops Ahoy? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Scoops Ahoy. <laughs> it's an ice cream parlour in the Starcourt Mall. I mean, if Steve worked in my local ice cream parlour, I would be in there every weekend. Oh my God, same. I would be eating a lot of ice cream. Mm-hmm. So the evolution of Steve is quite a big thing from series one to three. Uh, he's not really a popular guy in school anymore. Um, you know, he's working at this parlor and he develops a crush on his co-worker, Robin. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of his friends have maybe gone off, like in his mind, to maybe more impressive jobs or gone on to study. And I think maybe he's feeling a little bit like a loser, like he's lost his charm or something. Mm, yeah. And we also start to see the first cracks between Jonathan and Nancy's relationship in series three. Uh, so they're working together and Nancy's dealing with a lot of misogyny in the office and you know Jonathan's trying to support her but basically her actions lead them to them both getting fired um which he feels angry about because he needs that job to support his family Mm, yeah and then we leave them in series three with the buyers and Elle moving out of town which is pretty big yeah 
So given all that we know and that very <laughs> brief summary, I'm interested to know, Bridie, when you were researching this episode, what thoughts or feelings about those characters jumped out at you initially? Mm. Yeah, so like I said, like Steve is my favourite um, mm. and I'm just not as endeared to Jonathan as I am to Steve. Yeah, why, why do you think that is? I think it's because... Like, so Steve is a douchebag at the beginning, but then he just goes on this real evolution. In fact, there was this series of YouTube videos that I was watching that are done by Netflix. And it's like the evolution of this character, the evolution of this character. And there's one for Nancy and there's one for Steve and there is not one for Jonathan. (laughs) And I'm not saying that's, you know, because he doesn't have an arc, he does. And there are loads of characters who didn't have those videos. But for me, I was a bit like, "Mm, it's kind of telling that Jonathan's isn't one of the kind of forerunners in that category. (laughs) Mm, yeah I know what you mean did you know that Joe Keery who plays Steve actually auditioned for Jonathan's role no oh really that's interesting yeah but they all sort of realized in the audition that he wasn't quite right for it um but it's interesting because he actually also wasn't what they were looking for for Steve either so Mm. in the original script Steve was going to be much more evil um like this is horrible but apparently the character was originally going to rape Nancy oh my god fuck that would have been horrible yeah I know um but after Joe's audition he's was just so likable and charismatic that they completely reworked that character to have him that's really cool I mean because they do toy with him potentially being a real dick in that first series I kind of I sort of understood why he broke Jonathan's camera Like, I know it's a mean moment, but he is taking photos of Nancy without her permission, which is mega creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there are other moments where he's quite pushy and nasty and basically just a bully. Mm, I read this um, article, actually, in Vulture, which touched on this, and it's called How Stranger Things Subverts the Douchebag Boyfriend 80s Movie Trope. It's by Kat Rosenfield, and it says... Scroll through a list of 80s classics and you'll see the douchebag boyfriend everywhere. Entitled, obnoxious, frequently sporting a power mullet and almost always bullying the guy his girlfriend is ultimately going to end up with. Oh yeah, that character is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But it says, but where the douchebag boyfriend of yore was a one-note villain who mostly existed to make the hero look good by comparison, Strange Things make something more of Steve, its teenage bad boy. Mm, It really does. So it's kind of interesting to me that what you're saying about the kind of changing character arc being in response to the actor rather than on purpose by the Duffer brothers. Cause I kind of, when I read that, I thought that maybe they'd been specific and, and wanted to like purposefully subvert that trope. Mm, yeah. That would make sense. Mm. But it talks about if he was a baddie, like, and continued that way, he would have ended up being eaten by the monster. Cause that would have just been the traditional arc for that character. Yeah. Which again is interesting because they were originally going to kill Steve off. Mm. But with Kiri being so bloody lovable, they were like, <laughs> we can't kill this guy. Yeah. Look at him. He's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing, like, just thinking about him as an actor, having this power to change the idea for a character. There was another story I read about why Steve ended up in that kind of, like, babysitter role in the second and third series. Because it is a really unusual arc for that character. I was reading it in Vulture again, and it was an article called Why the Duffer Brothers Decided to Make Steve Harrington TV's Best Babysitter. Mm. Um, It's by Taylor Furby. And it says, Babysitter Steve Harrington memes have certifiably taken over the internet. The evolution of the bad boy turned chaperone played by Joe Keery was a move creators Matt and Ross Duffer weren't originally planning. But once Steve unexpectedly took Dustin under his wing, they saw the potential in expanding that storyline. 
Mm. It all started when they shot the train track scene in season two. According to Matt Duffer, so many people from the crew were just talking about how much that scene meant to them. And it felt like something that really connected with a lot of people. So we just started leaning into it more and more. Oh, that's interesting. I love that. It seems that this actor just has a power. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing about how those kind of things were changed. Mm. So yeah, sorry, you were saying about what sort of else had stuck out at you when you were looking at all of this. Yeah, well, it was just that really. And I mean, about the individual arcs that they each have, obviously, it's kind of about what we associate them with too. So Steve's involved in a lot of the more kind of comical plots, like he's mm. a great comedic actor. And then Jonathan's always quite serious because his storylines very much tied to like the trauma of poor Will Byers, who has the worst time across the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor boy, wrong place, wrong time. Can't catch a break, that Will. <laughs> no, he can't catch a break. <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you just brought up uh, trauma in relation to Jonathan, because I think that plays a huge role in him and Nancy's relationship. Mm. So just before they get together in series two, Murray says that line to them where he goes, you two have got chemistry, history, plus the real shit, shared trauma. (laughs) And then when we leave Jonathan and Nancy at the end of series three, that line comes up again. So it definitely feels like a key part of their dynamic. And actually, that came up when we were talking about Ron and Hermione, didn't it? And whether relationships forged in times of adversity are perhaps inherently quite unstable or whether they're stronger because of it. Exactly. So this led me to look further into um, trauma bonding, as it's called. Mm. And I read a few articles that said that we have to kind of stop mistaking shared pain for compatibility. But I made a note from one article, um, which we'll link to, but I thought it was interesting. And it says, shared pain brings people together. Known to sociologists as social glue, trauma behaves like a binding agent in social settings, forging connections between survivors known as trauma bonds. To a person enduring ongoing trauma, someone who can help them cope and survive is far more important in the moment than someone who can help them heal. When two people come together with these things in common, they become both agents of pain and agents of coping for each other, creating between them a vicious cycle that ensures that neither of them advances beyond the pain that binds them together. Mm. So maybe that's something that they'll discover in series four. However, saying that, I do think surely there must be examples where people have shared trauma and have a successful relationship and, and heal together. So maybe there'll be one of those exceptions. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I guess everyone's different. And I suppose it depends what kind of people you are and what you've gone through together. Maybe with enough space from the trauma, you might be able to assess the relationship and see more clearly like what exists outside of that. Yeah, definitely. So whilst the shared pain could be a strike against Nancy and Jonathan, one thing that stuck out to me when I was thinking about Nancy and Steve was that I don't think they bring out the best in each other. Like they don't Mm. communicate very well. Steve seems very insecure around her and she seems to be always trying to be something she's not when she's with him. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so I don't think they bring out the best in each other. Whereas I think when Nancy's with Jonathan, he does bring out a better side of her. Yeah, and that's so important because it's not like, you know, as isolated characters, how much do I like them? Like you say, it's about the dynamic when they're together. Yeah, so I actually thought... A su- uh, <coughs> yeah, <laughs> so I actually thought a fun segment <laughs> Sorry. <could> do. <laughs> Sorry. I think it was whenever we um do it, I think we always sound like a golem because we were like, Sorry. <laughs> I actually thought (laughs) (laughs) let me just (laughs) just, sorry Um, (laughs) um, 
So um, I thought a fun segment we could do for this episode, um, much like a list that rosters for Rachel, uh, but we could do the pros, pros and cons of Steve and Jonathan. Yeah, okay. Okay, so let's start with Steve. Uh, mm-hmm. Pro, I wrote down dreamy windswept hair. <laughs> yes, lovely, true. <laughs> Good with a bat. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll buy you flowers if he's fucked up. Um, yep. Brave. Definitely. Access to free ice cream. Very important. Uh, he's good at socialising, so you could totally leave him at a party. Oh, yeah. Great at socialising. Um, and for Jonathan, I wrote, seems like a generous lover. <laughs> what? Like, where, literally, where did you get that from? I think he seems very giving. So, um, the photographer's cool, too. Like, he has a cool job. Yeah, that's cool. And obviously, he's a really loving brother and son. Like, he takes on a lot of responsibility in his family's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's quite, like, mature in that way. Yeah, definitely. Well, so, you know, there's this theory in relationships that you have a gardener and a flower? No, I haven't heard that. Oh, you haven't heard that? No, a gardener and a flower. Yeah, so, <clears throat> let me find my notes on this. Um, right, here we are. So, you might have heard of the analogy of the flower and the gardener. You can probably imagine how this works. In a relationship, there's the flower, the one who needs nurturing and tending and thrives on the attention and care. And the flower can grow a little wild sometimes. On the other hand, there's the gardener, who's much more organised and stays on the path. The gardener tries to pay attention to the flower's needs and adapts to such requirements. You know, lavishes it with love and care. Uh, Rebecca Searle stated that two flowers should not be in a relationship, just as two gardeners should also stay away from each other, since a relationship needs balance to work. However, this isn't exactly always the case. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, historically, there's quite a bit of sexism rooted within that analogy. So I think women are often subconsciously thought to be gardeners. Um, mm. But, you know, obviously, you need balance and no one should ever always be a flower and no one should always be the gardener. No. Yeah. So, yeah, when I was reading about Jonathan and Nancy, I did start to think about flowers and gardeners and... Yeah, I think they're maybe slightly better matched in that regard. Yeah, that's re- that's interesting. I mean, like they are still so young, aren't they? Like they're kind of learning how to navigate relationships and there's a lot of things that they don't understand about each other. So mm-hmm. Nancy doesn't understand what it's like to come from a household that's struggling with money. And Jonathan doesn't understand what it's like to be a woman in the workplace. And I think that's one of the big dividing things between them in season three. Mm. I actually, this is a bit of a side note, but I actually love the pep talk that Nancy has with her mum about like, life knocking you back and how she's like fuck those guys at the newspaper write the story and sell it to someone else and prove them wrong kind of thing Mm. but um Mm. and actually thinking about what you were saying about flowers and gardeners I think Nancy's mum is definitely a gardener because the wheeler dad is quite like absent Mm. um I actually think maybe that mum character might be one of my favorites (laughs) oh yeah she's super cool and when Billy's flirting with her I was like oh my god hook up with Billy why don't you meet up with Billy (laughs) I was so keen for that to happen. He's obviously a total tool, but anyway, yeah, that's very true. I can see with that analogy, like how one of them's a gardener and one of them's a flower. Well, yeah, I mean that, the relationship did just make me think of that analogy. Mm. I read a good article um, called Nancy Leave Hawkins <laughs> by mm. uh, Claire McNear. <laughs> oh yeah. And like, I know, I, lo- I, I love Steve and Jonathan's a really sweet guy, but Nancy's very cool and she's gorgeous and clever and all of those things. And it was kind of stating the case that maybe actually she might be better off not ending up with either of them. Um, yeah. So the article says, 
In season two, we see Nancy attempting to rewrite Steve's college essay and goading Jonathan into having some vague semblance of a social life. What do either of them bring to the table? Stimulating conversation? Teenage hijinks? Fodder for imagining a post-Hawkins life? No. All they're good for is a ride to the mall to carry out Nancy's latest good idea. And yes, okay, both of them are up for the occasional swinging of a baseball bat or firing of a gun at an intergalactic shadow beast. But is that much more impressive than the work of the resident 10-year-olds? No, it's not. Dump him, Nance. Leave Steve to work with his dad and Jonathan to his eventual career at Radio Shack. Oh my God, that <laughs> is brilliant. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit harsh and it's not necessarily totally how I feel about those characters. But she has a bit of a point. <laughs> yeah, she does have a point. Like, I think that Nancy will move out of Hawkins and I think that, well, I think all of them should probably have a bit of time away from their hometown for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I know what you mean. I think it did cross my mind as well that perhaps Nancy is actually too good for both of them as much as I love Steve. Yeah. And weirdly, I wasn't actually really rooting for Steve and Robin to either, to be honest. Mm. Are you not? Because I kind of was a little bit. I guess they would balance each other out in a way. Yeah. So I loved Robin and I am really pleased that they made her a lesbian because, you know, that kind of representation is just so often not there um although I I did want to see Steve end up with someone cool too Mm, I know and I thought she was great she is really cool it would have been it would have been cool but you know and I know we're not focusing much on the four boys in this episode but I was wondering whether in season four they might dig a little more into Will's sexuality because Mm. there was that moment in season three where Will was having a go at Lucas and Mike because they're like pining over Ellen Max and not taking D&D seriously mm-hmm. and then he storms out and Mike catches him and they have that conversation and he's like it's not my fault you don't like girls mm-hmm. um I felt like that was quite a significant moment and yeah I mean it's not cool to out your friend like that in an argument but um <laughs> that's how I read it I read it he was slightly mm-hmm. being outed oh that's interesting I yeah I really hadn't picked up on that but mm. I do I do remember the scene that you're talking about because that scene really stood out to me because I felt like it was such a good example of like, you know, in your childhood, there's this shift where one day you're loving life, playing fantasy games and pretending. Mm. And then at some point, you know, one day you wake up and try to pretend and do a make-believe game again, but there's something in you that's like... Yeah, this is a bit stupid or something. Yeah, like this is silly. Yeah. And, you know, it's so sad, but it's the natural progression for the things. And it's like there's something in you that isn't mentally committing to the game as you were anymore. And mm. you, know, you might want to sit down and talk about boys and girls instead. And I think it's really sad when, you know, friends can get to those places at different times. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's really beautifully explored in that moment. And it also kind of makes perfect sense that Will's in a different place because, well, I mean, A, he's a different human being and he might be discovering, you know, more about his sexuality. But also the past few years for Will have been very different to what they've been like for the others. Like, at least the others were all running around together and not shivering in a bath of ice and being like having an exorcism happen. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the evolution of childhood into adulthood is something that the series just oh explores so beautifully. Mm. And it really did give me chills when I first saw it. Yeah, it's so sad. And it's one of the saddest moments of all time when he goes and tears down Castle Byers. Yeah. (sighs) Thinking about it and thinking about Will, it does make me like, Jonathan is a great guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so flimsy. 
Jonathan is a great guy. Just not loyal to any character. I like all three of them, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I mean, I feel the same. I'd be very happy with Jonathan or with Steve. Mm. Well, actually, um, I did a quiz. Oh, yeah? So firstly, I did a quiz on Are You Steve, Jonathan or Billy from Stranger Things? Oh, well, I thought they'd definitely be our shag Mary cruise options. Mm, yes, definitely. Although actually, when I was watching clips earlier, I think one of my biggest fancies in Hawkins is Hopper. Really? Yeah. No. Yes. I just, I don't see how he could even get a look in standing around those other three. Mm, I think Hopper's dreamy. Hopper's for me. I mean, you can have Hopper, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. I'll take one of the other three, please. Really though, because really, do you want, um, no, do you know, we'll we'll get into this, but um, yeah, so I did the quiz, are you Steve, Jonathan or Billy? And I got Steve and I was delighted. I mean, I could have told you you'd get Steve out of those three. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it said, you're funny, cool, and your hair always looks amazing. You're a bit of a flirt, and you're always looking out for your friends. Aww. <laughs> um, but then I, I did another quiz, um, and it was God, like seven You bloody questions. love a quiz. <laughs> I love a quiz. Is that a crime in this house? <laughs> um, but this one was like, these seven questions will reveal if you belong with Steve, Jonathan, or Billy. And I got Jonathan, and I was really disappointed. Well, I think he would be a better boyfriend. I think, well, shall we play Shag Mary Cruise or do you still want to do that in season two? I think if we're discussing a world we've already been to, then maybe we could come up with a new game. But I think, mm. you know, when we've, got, when we've got candidates like Billy, Steve and Jonathan, I mean, be a bit rude not to. Yeah, okay, I agree. <laughs> so Emma, Shag Mary Cruise, Steve, Billy, Jonathan. It's hard because at first when I thought about this, I was like, yep, yeah, marry Steve, life would be fun. Mm-hmm. An absolute joy. Yeah. I feel like he can laugh at himself. Uh, I don't know if Jonathan can, but would I be happier with Steve? I actually don't know because Jonathan is a really good guy. And he's hot. He is hot. Do I want to marry him though? Do you know what? I think I'm going to cruise with Steve because six months with him would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Thing is, I would probably fall in love with him though. This is the problem. <laughs> Just head over heels. Mm. I really don't know. I mean, I know Billy's in the shag category because, you know, look at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I want the most time with either Steve or Jonathan. I'm just not sure what way around. I know. What do you mm. think? Where are you landing? I'd marry Steve. Really? Yeah, 100%. You're not worried he might need a lot of, like, emotional maintenance? Um, I think if he loved me and he, like, showed me some of the dedication that I've seen him show to Nancy... I could believe that we could find a kind of happy medium where we'd both be sort of supporting each other when we needed it. Yeah, you could both be gardeners now and again. Yeah, but really, I think his spirit and like all those things about him is just like the things I need in a long-term partner. And Jonathan's super nice, but oh, I just, I think I might despair. (laughs) I'd be like, where's your silliness, mate? Where's the flavour? Yeah, (laughs) I don't taste any flavour in this. (laughs) Salinas is important. Definitely. I also think that maybe Joyce might be a terrifying mother-in-law. Like, she might be great, but... Mm, Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. And then with Billy, like, the thing with Billy is, you know, in the last moment when he sacrifices himself, if that was, you know, if if Billy wasn't an arsehole... Do you know, now I am just changing the character. (laughs) (laughs) You just mould Billy to be the person I want him to be. Yeah, then I would definitely consider marrying him. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure I'd marry Steve. 
That's fair. I can't believe you don't see Hopper. I mean, no. I'm going to send you pictures of him. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need that. I need you to see it. I feel like I have enough crushes on fictional characters, so I don't need to Mm. add to that list. (laughs) There's no room at the end. Exactly. (laughs) So here's a question for you. Mm. Do you think that Jonathan and Nancy are going to make long distance work? Well, I either think that Nancy will get a job in like a city as a journalist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, maybe Jonathan might go with her, maybe. Yeah, well, I did have a moment where I thought, why, you know, why doesn't Jonathan stay with her? But then I realised there's no way he could leave his mum and brother. Like, Mm. he's a bit of a martyr. Yeah, he is. I think... Yeah, I think I can imagine Nancy going to the city and, you know, she might meet loads of other people. But then maybe there would be a part of her that was like, none of them are really quite like Jonathan. Yeah. Or she might outgrow them both. And Jonathan will hopefully make a name for himself in his new town. And I'm sure there won't be a shortage of women interested in him there. So who knows? I mean, like you say, they do bring out good sides to each other. Yeah. And Steve... I just want to see Steve happy. I just, you know, it would be nice for him to find a calling. Maybe I can imagine him as like a cool teacher or someone who works with young people. So maybe something like that. But overall, I just want to see him happy. Yeah, I think, yeah, watching Steve's slight demise, it did remind me, you know, when you see the popular douchebaggy kids who all peaked in high school. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, we all know them. That's satisfying to see. Yeah, definitely. Although... I don't really count Steve in that category. He was just in with the wrong crowd. Yeah, which also happens. Mm -hmm. What do you see happening to them? I would really love Jonathan and Nancy to stay together. Mm. I think they have an amazing chemistry and I love those characters. However, I just don't know if they will. You know, the shared trauma thing has been brought up a few times and I feel like the Duffer brothers probably know that's not the best foundation for a relationship. So... I think, sadly, I feel like they might not end up together. And, yeah, I would love to see Steve with someone, but... um, Man deserves to be happy. He does. So I guess, should Nancy have stuck with Steve? I guess our answer's no. (laughs) God, that really really did a turnaround there. (laughs) You know, I thought our answer was going to be yes. So did I. I guess we respect her choice, like, and we know that by breaking up with him, both him and her were able to grow. So it's very unusual for people to stay with their first love forever. And like, great if you do, but yeah, like you say, they didn't really bring out the best in each other. You're totally right. Yeah, they didn't. Maybe further down the line? I don't know. What do you think? I think my heart says Steve and my head says Jonathan. I think we're just suckers for characters who've been on a journey. Um, Mm. although I guess Jonathan has been on a bit of a journey it is one of Steve's arcs like I was reading an interview uh, in Glamour with Joe and Natalie who who, who play Steve and Nancy and he was talking about season two and he said in season two one of the big arcs for Steve is this transformation it's a growing up story for him he learns how to put people before himself specifically Nancy and the people that he loves that's something he hasn't had to do before Mm. so I don't think he's changed in any mad huge way. Like, I think he, he was always caring, but... So there's apparently a running joke that Steve now gets beaten up in every series. <laughs> he does. Oh, he's always got a bloody face at least once. He's so brave. Like, when he fights Billy, which is terrifying. Mm, so hot when he's protecting those kids. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when he fights the Russians, is it a Russian spy? I mean, it usually is. <laughs> yeah. In his little sailor outfit. Yeah. I think the love that people have for Steve and for Joe Keery is just... Monumental. Yeah. Steve has a lot more cool scenes than Jonathan as well, which is maybe why we're more drawn to him. You know, Jonathan's brave and kind, but those things come naturally to him anyway. So it's not that impressive if someone's good and they behave good. Mm, it's true. So that's where we've ended up. Who'd have thought it? I didn't think we'd end up here. If I was Nancy, I'd want to be with Steve. Yeah, but you want to marry Steve. <laughs> that's true. I'm hoping that him and Dustin maybe like get a flat together and hang out in the future. I mean, obviously when Dustin's not like 12. <laughs> when he's an adult, they could have a bachelor pad. Yes, a spin-off series. Yes. I think in that place, though, you wouldn't be able to light a match because it would just be thick. The air would be thick with hairspray. <laughs> that would be great. I think we should pitch it to uh, to the Duffer Brothers. From the I'd Dunn. watch that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be going into the 90s, which would maybe have a different vibe. Oh, but I love a 90s aesthetic. Like, maybe Steve could have curtains. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> The series is so great at paying homage to many other films, you know, and fandoms, Jurassic Park, E.T. Mm, oh, massive E.T. vibes when they're hiding Eleven. Yeah. And in series three, when the uh, the Demigorgon, uh, not the Demigorgon, you know, like it's its parent, was it? Daddy Gorgon. <laughs> <laughs> when Daddy Gorgon's destroying them all. So it's, it's mm. so like the T-Rex destroying the park. Yeah. Oh, it's the Mind Flayer. Ah, Mind Flayer. That's what it is. So thanks so much for tuning in to episode one of season two, everyone. Yeah, it's really good to be back. How um, how did that feel for you, Bridie? First episode back. Yeah, good. A little rusty in places, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, I felt that for sure. But uh, um, I think overall pretty good. It's just like hmm. riding a bike. Mm-hmm. And we'll be riding into episode two next week. Mm-hmm. You lucky listeners. Um <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much for, for yeah, for tuning back in and giving us a little piece of your day. Yeah. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Unless you didn't like it, in which case. Yeah, really, I don't, there's really no need yeah. to touch base. I don't you need to just, know. You, you, we don't need to know that. That's fine. Just park that thought, would just, you? Yeah. Just <laughs> put that on ice. <laughs>